it's always an opportunity to come back and bring the Lord's message. On behalf of uh, the new generation, on behalf of my family, I bring a special greetings from Africa and around the world. I want to thank you so much that uh, you have been part of what God is doing, your support, your prayers, financial support has helped to bring the gospel to villages and towns, to tribes that have been very difficult to reach. And because of that, disciples are being made, leaders raised, intercessors being raised, and there's transformation in towns and villages because of your prayer and your support. And I want to thank God for your lives, for what God is doing through this wonderful church. I also want you to know that there are so many people around the world they ask God, God, come and join me in what I'm doing. They pray every day, God, join me in what I'm doing. But really, the best prayer is, ask God, God, help me to know what you are doing around the world. And when you discover what God is doing around the world, go and join God in what God is doing around the world. And you, you people are very smart. You've prayed, you've asked God to show you what he's doing around the world, and you have joined God in what God is doing. And I believe because of that, God will continually bless and keep you and strengthen you from time to time. Amen. I will kindly ask this morning that you take your Bibles and your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Acts of the Apostles. Take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to the book of Acts of the Apostles. We are going to read chapter 16, reading from verse 25 to verse 34. Acts 16, verse 25 to verse 34. Acts 16, verse 25 to verse 34. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw the prison doors were opened, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners have escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he, and he was baptized at once. He and his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word. God, we know that you exist and you are the creator of the heavens and the earth. God, we know that you are the impossibility specialist. You are the only one who specializes in impossibilities. Father, we thank you even though the world may reject you, even though the world may deny you, even though the world will say you don't exist, but God will know you are God. And God will know, Father God, even if we deny you, you are still God and you sit on the throne. Father, we know that your word is truth. 
Your word is yea and amen. Therefore, Father, we pray this morning because you have promised us but that not a line, not a dot will pass away from your word. But every intent and purpose of your word will be fulfilled. I pray, God, that your word will be fulfilled in our hearts this morning. Your word will be fulfilled in the heart of men and women that are listening to you today. And I pray in the name of Jesus that that word will come out with transformational power, transforming hearts, transforming families in the name of Jesus. At the end of this message, your name and your name alone will be glorified. The church will be edified. But that old devil will be terrified. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to know that, the, that Satan will do everything possible to stop your prayer link with God. Satan will do anything possible to stop your prayer link with God. Satan will try to sabotage your prayer link with God. And I want to encourage you this morning... Do not let him have his way. Do not let him have his way. Make appointments with God. Make daily appointments with God. I believe very strongly that you make appointments with your dentist. You make appointments with your lawyer. So I want to encourage you today to make a daily appointment with God. And your life will never be the same. As we look at the scripture today, when we pray... To God, through Christ Jesus, there is the game-changing power of prayer. And we experience that game-changing power of prayer as Paul and Silas experienced it in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16, verse 25 to 34. And I want to encourage you today that as we pray in, to God in the name of Jesus, every life, every church, every family, we experience the game-changing power of prayer. That is why I want us to reflect on the subject today, the game-changing power of prayer. The game-changing power of prayer. As Paul and Silas were praying in the prison, there was a ripple effect, a cascading effect as they prayed to God. You know, in his second missionary journey, Paul decided to go to Macedonia because he was called in a vision. And as Paul went to Macedonia, he went down to one of the major cities of Philippi. And while Paul was there, he went down to the river so that he would find a way to worship. And the Bible says he met a woman called Lydia. And they brought this gospel message to Lydia. And Lydia was saved and Lydia was baptized and her family. And Lydia invited Paul to stay in her house. And the Bible says every day Paul went out. Paul and Silas went out preaching this gospel. And there was a, a young slave girl that was possessed by demon. And she was a fortune teller, telling fortune about the future of people. And the Bible says this young girl was making a huge amount of money for her owner. And this young girl every day was going with Paul and she was shouting, these are servants of the Most High God. They have come here to bring the salvation message. Every day she kept on doing this. And the Bible tells us that Paul became annoyed in the spirit. And Paul turned around and looked at the lady and commanded that demon to come out of her. And the demon left her. Well, that was a problem for Paul. Because a deliverance for one person can be a problem for another person. 
Because this man realized that he has lost his fortune. And therefore, Paul and Silas, they were dragged to the leaders of the city and they were beaten soundly. After giving them sound beating, they put them in prison. They handed them over to the jailer. And the jailer put them in the dungeon. And the jailer, the Bible says, and their feet were put in stock, waiting for the other day. Well, the Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas started to worship God, to sing hymns and to pray. And as they started worshiping and praying, something happened. Because prayer is a game, has a game-changing power. As they were praying, three cascading effects happened in this context, in the text in which we are reading today. The first thing that started to happen to Paul and Silas that happened around them, the same will happen to us. When we also use the same game-changing power of prayer. The first thing that begins to happen, as we pray, things start shaking. Things start shaking. The Bible says in verse 26 that as they were praying, things started to shake. The, the Bible tells us that and suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaking. As those men, Paul and Silas, were singing, it was midnight. Why midnight? Because it was a time it was so quiet. Everybody was quiet. Everybody was sleeping. And they started to praise God and to sing to God and to pray. I want you to know that there are times we have the midnights of our lives. The midnights of our struggles. The midnight of our situations. At that midnight, when we think there will not be the dawn of day. At that midnight, when we think the night is too long. And this was exactly the same time that Paul and Silas started to pray. And as they were praying, we realized that things started to shake. Things started to shake. The Bible said the foundation of the prison wall was shaking. Why the foundation? We all know that buildings are built, you know, on foundation. Every great building, even this building, is built on a wonderful foundation. Many times we don't see the foundation. All we see is the building. Many times the foundation, it might not be painted, but the foundation is there holding the building together. In this context, we realize that God started to shake the foundation. Because in the foundation, the building stands on the foundation. Let me announce to you, there have been so many faulty foundations in the lives of people. So many faulty foundations. Foundations of lies. Cultural foundations. Foundations of doubts and fear. On which our lives have been built. And as Paul and Silas was praying, the foundation started to shake. I want to announce to you today, as we pray, as the church pray, as you pray for your family, your foundation begins to shake. And every foundation that is not laid by God will be shaken. Every foundation in your life, every foundation in the church, every foundation in your family, foundations of lie, philosophical foundations, foundations of doubt in your life that is not built by God. As you begin to pray, those foundations begin to shake. That is why the devil will bribe you not to pray. The devil will do anything possible. The devil will say, go ahead and grumble about your problem. You can grumble about your problem as long as you want. The devil is okay. You can talk about your problem as long as you want. The devil is okay. 
You can cry even over your problem. Cry over the problem. The devil is all right. But if you begin to pray, then the devil knows that something is going to happen. There will be a shaking as you begin to pray. That is the power of the church. That is what God has given to the church. But oh my goodness, the church is not making use of this power. The church has forgotten about this power. The church is playing around with this power. I want to announce to you today, this is a game changer. This is a game changer. And I challenge you. It has changed tribes and cultures. It has changed cities and villages. I remember back home, there is a tribe called the Susu tribe. Susu is one of the tribes, the unreached tribes. Tribes that have not been penetrated by the gospel. For 100 years, there have been 100 years of missionary work among the Susus. Less than 100 believers. For 100 years. And so we started to pray for the Susu villages and towns. We started to pray for the Susu tribe. That God will give us favor. That God will give a breakthrough among the tribe. We tried every strategy that we have in the book. It did not work. Anytime we go there, they will reject us. Anytime we go there, they will reject the church planters. And as we kept on praying and fasting, we mobilized hundreds and thousands of people to pray and fast. You know, when I talk about prayer and fasting, I mean prayer and fasting. We don't talk prayer. We don't discuss prayer. We pray prayer. And we don't only pray. We fast days and weeks unending. And as we are fasting and praying, the elders among the Susu started to have a conflict. Some of them said, I think it's okay. Let's allow these people. Let's listen to what they have to say. And we don't need to be like them, but let's just listen to them. And others said no. And this conflict continued until finally they gave up and they allowed us to come in. When we came in, we found the people, persons of peace or families of peace. These are people that God has already prepared ahead of us. And with this relationship created with the persons of peace, because we believe strongly that the gospel flies best on the wings of relationship. The gospel flies best on the wings of relationship. With those relationships that were created, we started to bring the word of God to them and disciple the people. And as a result, many of them responded to the gospel. Families were touched. They gave their lives to Jesus and they were baptized. Disciples were made and churches were planted. And so today, we have several churches among the Susus because we started to pray and God started to shake the foundation of the tradition of this community. Today, we have Susu church planters, Susu intercessors, Susu missionaries, and Susu people, leaders, propagating the gospel of Jesus Christ. If it can happen among a tribe for 100 years that has been difficult to penetrate, it can happen here, it can happen in your family, it can happen in your own life. <laughs> prayer is a game changer. There's a game changing power of prayer. You know, it, when Paul and Silas started to pray, things did not only start shaking, but the devil start quaking. The devil start quaking. As we begin to pray, as this man we are praying, the Bible said there was a mighty earthquake. There was a mighty earthquake. In verse 26, a great earthquake. And an earthquake we know 
is a, a, a violent movement on the surface of the earth that happens as a result of a violent movement underneath the earth. And because of that, there's an earthquake or a volcano will begin to happen. And physically, according to the story here, this was a physical earthquake. And so the building was shaken. But I want you to know that there's also a spiritual earthquake that makes the devil to begin to quake. When we begin to pray, the, the weapons of the enemy is turned against the enemy. The devil knows that when we begin to pray, those same weapons that the devil has been using against us, all the lies he has been using against us, all the false accusation he has been using against us, all the fear that he has been using against us, all the doubt that he has been using against us, all of those things begin to turn against the devil. And so therefore, the, the devil begins to quake as we begin to pray because those things are turned against the devil, knowing fully that there is a problem here. That is why the devil can stop us from not praying. That is why the devil can do anything humanly possible so that we will not pray. Because the devil begins to quake. The kingdom of darkness begins to shake. That is why King David said, Yea, though I walk through this valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For the Lord is with me, his rod and his staff which comfort me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. The Bible says, and you know, the Bible makes it very clear. In Psalm 91, he makes it clear that we that dwell in the secret place of the Most High, we shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We will say of the Lord, he's our refuge and our strength, our God in whom we will trust. Surely he shall deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. The devil knows that when you pray, quaking begins to happen. There is quaking when the church begins to pray. There's quaking when families begin to pray. There's quaking when nations begin to pray. There's quaking when communities begin to pray. The devil begins to quake because of the prayer. I remember we have a tribe back home. And this tribe was also a very difficult tribe. A difficult tribe to reach. A difficult tribe to penetrate with the gospel. And so as a result, we again started to pray. Prayer is one of our strategies. We started to pray. While we are praying, we use some other strategies to go to the community. But this particular village, anytime we went there, there's rejection. You know, they said, no, we don't want to do anything with the Bible, nothing with Jesus. We are okay. But we kept on praying. And finally, one day, there was a need in the community. And the need was that they wanted a junior secondary school. A junior secondary school for their children. Because they were staying far away from the city. And they will send their children after primary education to the cities. And when their children go to the cities, their life becomes a different life. And they did not like that. So as a result, we used the junior school. We came into the community. We offered to start the school. We started the school. They provided the building. We came in with the materials that was needed. And we came in with the teachers. Every teacher that we have is a trained disciple maker. Every teacher is a trained intercessor. Every teacher is a trained church planter. So we brought them into the community. While they were teaching, they created relationship with the students, with the families. 
And the people were touched by their stories that they were telling. And the story is simply the story of the Bible. From Genesis, from creation to Jesus. And as they told the stories, people were touched. And hearts and families were surrendered to Jesus. And people were baptized. And discipleship started. And churches were planted. So one day, the chief called me. The Praman chief. A Praman chief is like a king of his tribe. So the Praman chief said, I want to see you. So I came. I started to wonder, what's happening? Why is this Praman chief calling me? He's a powerful man. He's a man of influence. So when he calls you, you begin to think, what is going on? We came to the village. The village was in a festive mood. And I said, maybe, maybe something rejoicing is happening here. And so we got to the village. And the Praman chief in a big meeting he stood up and he said, more than 100 years ago, our ancestors made a verdict. And they said, no one, no one will ever become a follower of Jesus and live to tell the story. No one. If anyone becomes a follower of Jesus, that person will be cut off from the family, from this tribe. But I want you to know, for more than one year, I've been observing these teachers. I've been observing the influence they have over our children. I've been observing the lives of our children, how their lives are being changed. And so as a result, as a king of this tribe, I am standing up and I am revoking the pronouncement that was made 100 years ago. From today, if anyone wants to be a follower of Jesus, among this tribe, you are free to become a follower of Jesus. And no one will persecute you and no one will cut you off. As a result today, many disciples have been made. Multiple churches have been planted. Why? The lies of the enemy was turned against the enemy. The fear that the enemy brought was turned against the enemy. And that is what will happen when we begin to pray. When we use prayer, which is a changing power. When we begin to use the game-changing power of prayer. The Lord will cause the devil to begin to quake. But finally also what I saw in this text is that, that we realize that the strongholds start breaking. The strongholds start breaking. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 16 from verse 26 following. That the Bible says that the doors were open. The doors are immediately all the doors were open. And the doors did not only open, everyone's bonds were unfastened. Everyone's bonds. The chains got loose. But also the jailer came trembling. And the jailer fell down on his knees trembling. And the jailer said, what can I do to be saved? Sirs, what can I do to be saved? Now because the stronghold that was holding the jailer, the stronghold that was holding the prison, holding the chains, every stronghold started to break down. Because Paul and Silas were praying. I want you to know that when the church begins to pray, when you begin to pray, strongholds start to break. Strongholds over your family start to break. Stronghold over the church start to break. Stronghold in your community start to break. Strongholds in your business start to break. Because the enemy is a liar and is a father of all liars. 
There are so many people, they are physically strong, but spiritually, they are held bound by the enemy. Held bound by the lies of the enemy. Held bound by fears and doubt. Held bound by philosophy. Held bound by all the issues of this world. Issues of this planet are holding them bound. And so they can't move forward. They are standing in the same place because they are under the bondage of the enemy. I want you to know when you begin to pray, God breaks those bondages. God breaks those ignorance. God breaks those lies. As you begin to pray for your children, for the church, God breaks those things. All those bondages begin to break. Back home, as God was touching lives and God was discipling people in villages, and lives were changed and families were changed, a lot of villages were giving their lives to Jesus. There was a transformational power of God. One day I have received so many letters. So many threats letters on my life. I have been sent to prison. I may have gone to jail five times. But each of those times, God has saved me. And so one day I received a letter from the governor of the city. And the governor said, we, want, we are inviting you to a very important meeting. Because everyone, there's all the Roman accusation against you. That you are converting souls. You are making people to be followers of Jesus. And so there's an outcry against you. So you need to attend this meeting. When I received the letter, I took it to my prayer room and I knelt down and I lifted up to God. I said, God, you are the impossibility specialist. You are the greatest warrior. You've ever fought every battle. You're a winner. Many of my followers said, you know what? Don't go alone. Take somebody with you. Go with somebody. I said, I'm going alone. Jesus told his disciples, for my name's sake, they will take you before the governors, before the rulers. But don't worry about what you are going to say. On that day, I will give you the words to say. So I went alone. When I entered into this big hall, it was full with people. When I greeted them, nobody answered me. I took my seat, and then the governor came with all his entourage, and they started to read my indictment. They read everything. When they finished reading, they asked me, do you have anything to say? I said, of course. And I stood up and I addressed them as the elders of our community. I want to thank God for your lives. God created you for a day like this. For a moment like this that you will hear the good works of God, the testimony of what God is doing. And you will glorify his name. And I started explaining what God is doing in the villages. That I have never forced anyone to be a follower of Jesus. But I come in and I show love. I show kindness. And out of that, the people who ask, you are different from us. Who are you? And I tell them, I am a follower of Isa Messiah, which is Jesus Christ. And the people say, how can we be like him? I said, it's easy. You have to accept him as Lord and Savior of your life. And that is what I'm doing in the process. Most of them have schools. Most of them have drinking waters. Most of them have the things that they did not have before. Because God, there is a light in their villages and town. And that is what I'm doing. And somebody who was seated by the governor said, yes. He said, my village is a living witness. These people went to my village. And in my village, there was no school. They brought school. They brought water in our village. And today, the life in our village has changed. And people are friendly. They are lovely. They become followers of Jesus. Even though I am still a Muslim, but I thank God for these people. And then the governor turned to them and said, 
Is it the reason why you brought Pastor Johnson here? Is it the only crime that he has committed? The man is doing what he knows best to do. You go, you, are, you, are, you go and do what your God has told you to do. Go and do what your God has told you to do. He's doing what his God has told him to do. So I don't see any problem here. Pastor, can you please pray for us? I say, yes, of course. <laughs> and I stood up and I prayed for them. Among the people that were, that were in that crowd that day, there was a young man. This man, he hated me. This young man told me face to face that the only thing that would make him happy was to see me dead. And this young man, a few weeks after that, he fell in love with Jesus. And he became my disciple. And I discipled him. He later became my personal assistant. And then later my program officer. And through the discipleship, as I speak to you a few weeks ago, we just finished our general election in Sierra Leone. This man was a disciple. He ran for parliament to represent his people. And he won the election. And today he's a member of parliament. He is a believer for Jesus, a follower of Christ. But you know, it started because of prayer. It started because of prayer. I challenge you today. When we pray, prayer will bring a change. It's a game changer. And as we pray, God will cause things to happen. I want you to know Jesus understood that prayer is a game changer. And that is why he prayed daily. And as we also begin to pray daily, the same cascading effects that happen in the life of Jesus, that happen in the ministry of Jesus, that happen in the, in the early days church, that happen in the life of Paul and Silas, that same thing will happen to us. That same thing will happen to our family. As we begin to pray, things will begin to shake. Foundations will shake. Foundations that are not laid by God will shake. But not only that, the devil will begin to quiver. The devil will begin to quake as you begin to pray. Everything that the enemy has held in your life will begin to quake as you begin to pray. But strongholds that have been built around you, those strongholds will be broken as we begin to pray. That is why I want to encourage you. That is why I want you to know today that prayer is a game changer. As you leave this place, I want you to cultivate the habits of praying. I want you to cultivate the habits of praying in your family. Build altars in your homes. Build altars in your community. Build altars in the church. Because prayer is a game changer. It has changed many people. It has changed nation. And it will change you. And it will change your family. I will kindly ask you to pray with me right now.